Demographics. Welcome in to today's discussion in the Startup Dentist Masterclass about, well, demographics. But here's the interesting thing. Today, you're going to learn some strategies and you're going to hear about theories specific to startups that have created some of the most successful startup practices in the entire country. And here's the interesting part. Intellectually, just about everybody would agree that demographics have a significant role to play in the success of a startup, right? You'd probably agree with that. The, the recognition, the intellectual agreement is that demographics positively or negatively affect a startup. But here's the problem. Most startups who struggle, they know this. And why is that strange? Well, most startups who struggle, and there are many who struggle, most of them know how to read the numbers of a demographics information report. And most of them have even attempted to get a great demographics ratio. So here's the paradox. Why is it that so many startups have either gone to a course or so many startups have looked at the reports or looked at the maps or looked at the demographics data? They've found what looks like good data. They find a ratio that somebody on some podcast, some so-called expert tells them to go capture. They capture that demographics ratio and then their startup still struggles. How can that be? So today, I want you to listen for the following. I want you to search within this audio training. I want you to search for the answers to things like what strategies should you focus on? And, and I want you to listen very closely to what are the theories about demographics that actually work for startups. See, the people who you're going to hear from today, today is part one of the two-part demographics audio training in this masterclass. Here's what I who you're going to hear from. You're going to hear from two people who have helped hundreds of successful startups all over the country. These will not be people who just had one startup of experience and now have their their proud bold theory about what works. Well, that's not really a good sample size one startup. We're going to be talking today with experts who have helped hundreds of startups and this is very different from people who have printed hundreds of reports, right? You can <laughs> go find people on the internet who will sell you data on a report. That's not helping open or run startups successfully. That's just selling data. So instead, we're going to talk with experts who have actually done this hundreds of times. And with that information, as you seek for, and as you listen closely to the following information, you'll get an entirely new perspective on how demographics actually work for startups. How does that sound for today? Going to be a great discussion today. And then in part two, you and I will have a private discussion about the demographics, nuts and bolts of the process. So let's get started right now with part one of demographics. Here we go. This is the Startup Dentist Podcast where associate dentists ignite their journey to practice ownership with a startup that matters. Learn from the experts who have opened more private practice startups than anyone in dentistry, led by your host and CEO of Ideal Practices, Jamie Amos. Welcome back, Startup Crew. I have sitting with me the president of Ideal Practices, a returning guest to tackle of an all-important topic, Mr. Stephen Toretta. Stephen, would you say hello? Hello, startup crew. Great to be here. Jamie, great to see you. Actually, we are here in the same room together. 
yeah. rare. <laughs> it is rare. It seems like uh, we, we see each other less and less these days. You, running this company all over the country means we end up all over the country and sometimes paths cross. Actually, Stephen, we would plan on talking about this today, but you might give it a little description of why we're literally in the same uh, room in this awesome, this like gorgeous conference room here. I think our planes just landed in the same city. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, but we're actually here on, on site to speak with some of the uh, great programs here in the Boston area. We're actually speaking at Tufts and BU and Harvard and UConn. There's a bunch of schools. And we're actually helping build curriculum for dental programs so that we can give these young dental students confidence that there is a path that doesn't necessarily have to rely upon da, 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 corporate dentistry. So we're giving them that path. We're giving them the confidence to go into private practice ownership and we'll be able to educate at the, at the school level. We've been invited here to give that kind of education and it's super awesome to be able to uh, educate on the business side of dentistry, not on the clinical side because, well, I'm not a dentist. So, <laughs> so Stephen was willing to leave his wife and three girls, and he's got some awesome stories about uh, actually related to orthodontics, which we might even be able to talk about a little bit today. <laughs> Ortho for his youngest. Uh, wait, actually, no, it's not Kiki. Which one? It's Keaton. It's, oh, Ro- Keaton. No, it's Rowan. Rowan, my youngest okay. daughter, was seven. <laughs> getting ortho. That has been quite a. Uh, it's been quite a trip. Yes, I'll share today. All right, so we're going to tie in orthodontics not ortho practices, but orthodontics into demographics. So what is this? I mean, how is it not about the ratio? And we talked about this to, with, with the dean over at Tufts just yesterday. It's not about the ratio. Now, I know that sounds heretical because, listen, I'm the guy who literally wrote the book called Choosing the Right Practice Location. And in that book, we talk about the ratio. Why is that? Well, sure, back years ago, we were the ones who defined the ratio that was safe. Back then, at the time, there were too many people saying that this demographics ratio was irrelevant or could be quite low. Well, we defined it as 2,000 to 1. So I want you to just remember that term. If this is a new term to you, it's okay. We'll make it very approachable and very learnable so that you can use this today. Starting today, you're going to be able to use this for your startup. But I also want to make sure that you understand that there are incredible misperceptions that have led associate dentists down very dangerous paths that have hurt them in practice ownership because they followed a math equation. The ratio means that with every doctor in a specific area, we're comparing that to how many people are in that area. So a one to 2,000 ratio, the doctor to population ratio would be one to 2,000. One to 2,000 is the ratio. The one to 2,000 represents the, the amount of competition in a region. Now, that competition in the region is supposedly the competition ratio that should determine whether or not an area is safe for you. And I need to go now deeper beyond just what's written on the pages in a book. Right now, we're going to share with you customized information that before now has only been shared with our high-level consulting clients. This is wisdom that you're going to be able to apply that isn't just made for cookie-cutter knowledge. A, A book, a page in a book like that, can oftentimes just be cookie-cutter knowledge for the masses. That's essentially what those pages deal with. But now you're going to find how this really works. Now you're going to learn what has worked for hundreds of startups around the country. And I'm going to say it again so so you don't forget with me. It's not about the ratio. 
So bear with me. We're going to dig into this here. Um, as we do, Stephen, I know there's some important things that we want to cover today. Uh, as we dig in here, how do you want to frame this up? Yeah, what I want to be able to do is provide the, the framework and, and the guidance on what are we looking for beyond those ratios? What is important beyond those ratios within from a demographical perspective? Because you're talking, because what you, like what you said, it's not about the ratio. Uh, there is a, an element of ratio, but we need to look beyond that ratio, which is who is there? Who is your competition? For example, who's your kind, who are the kinds of patients that you actually enjoy to visit and enjoy to see? What, what kind of procedures do you like to do? These things factor in and they won't be inside of a, oh, I'm going to use the word, demographic report. So I want to go down yeah. the path of breaking the myth of, ooh, reports are great. But reports are stacks of paper with numbers and equations and ratios. So we're going to talk about studies versus reports. Cool. So we'll talk about the kinds of people you want to serve. We're going to talk about these demographics reports. And I I want to point out very bluntly that there are plenty of doctors who have gone to expensive courses and they get a big binder full of information about startups and they do the math equations, and they buy the expensive demographics reports, and then they open a startup practice because they they were told that the ratio would keep them safe. And I was just talking to a very influential dentist about a bankruptcy story, an associate dentist who went to that course, got that binder, got that report, found a ratio, planned his life based on the math equations, and within six months, he was bankrupt, out of business, done. So I implore of you to take your time, set aside the time today to ingest this information now so that you can be protected from becoming one of those stories. And even if you're not one of the bankruptcy stories, the ratio is not going to make you happy. Let's put it this way. At the end of your career, imagine, no, you know what? Imagine you're at somebody's retirement party. There's an old timer. (laughs) There's an old time doc standing at the podium at his retirement party. He's got his big belly and he's like thanking the audience and like saying, hey, everybody in the town, thanks. This has been an amazing career. And, And then he says, but listen, before I leave my parting words, as I fade off into the sunset for retirement, I just gotta tell everybody here, the reason I love this career so much is because I had the best ratio. (laughs) no, like no way. That's not a thing. Nobody does that, right? That no one has ever said that in the history of dentistry. No one ever will. So if that's not the real goal, if that's not what's going to make you happy, and if I can prove to you that even doctors who get into good demographics ratio areas, that they have incredible financial struggles, and in, in that case that I just mentioned earlier, go bankrupt. If those are the realities, and they are the realities, what do we need to focus on instead? So Stephen is going to be bringing in for us someone very special today. Stephen, you mind uh, describing who is going to be joining us on our discussion? Yeah, thanks, Jamie. So special guest here today on, uh, on the podcast. He is uh, the brains behind here. I, you know, we'd love to take the, we, we can't take all the credit because we have people behind us that do so much in terms of the analysis, um, analysis of the demographics. It guides each one of our clients through our 13 stages. And one of our senior advisors is here today. His name is Mike Grieb. So, Mike, how are you? I'm good. How are you? What's going on, guys? I'm not sitting next to you guys. No, you're not. Mike has spent <laughs> nearly a decade in the dental industry. He is he's the one that takes the client through the entire process of our demographics. He takes them step by step, guides them to be able to show them 
what's, what is the opportunity that exists in that market? So the brain behind all the demographics and what, what happens and where our clients end up is because of Mike's guidance and area of expertise. It also even dovetails into the real estate conversations as well. So not today, but in, we will be discussing that topic as well. So, and Mike has a, a Mike, can you describe uh, a cool connection in the dentistry that goes beyond these demographics reports? <laughs> What's, uh, tell us a little bit about that. I got a couple connections that goes that go, goes into this. Uh, my wife is a hygienist, uh, has been for some time, um, so she's been in the industry. And both of my sisters are both also hygienists. My oh, cousin is a, my cousin is a dentist. So I, I don't know where's the list end. <laughs> <laughs> and now that you have little little mini mics running around the house, I mean now now there'll be even more dental people. Maybe you can convert. There's a, good, there's a good chance. There's a good chance that one of the two, <laughs> let's be real, one of the two will end up somewhere in this industry, for sure. <laughs> the odds are good. Yes. So cool. Well, Mike, thank you for taking time, my friend. I know your calendar is always packed with guiding clients around the country. And, and listen, if you ever, if you're listening to this startup crew and you're dreaming of having specific customized guidance, uh, Mike will change your world. And I, I don't say that lightly. Clients email us frequently and drop Mike's name saying, holy crap, I can't believe it. I thought I was going to get a great experience with your whole company, but I'm here at the beginning of this and my mind is blown. It, not just with the mic. I, I mean, I'm, I hope you're not blushing, but like, like not oh, just with the, the service, but like the personal care, like the personal human to human care. Like not like these clients are widgets, like they're actually real living humans. And I got to say, man, like from me to you, and, and hopefully on behalf of all doctors listening, um, thank you for caring. Thank you for knowing that this matters. And thank you for treating it with the importance and the heart level care that you do. Um, so above everything, my friend, thank you for that. I can't wait yeah. to talk through today. Yeah, gonna absolutely. Be awesome. I mean, here's the thing at the end of the day, we don't care. You know, we're not, we're not doing the right thing. We're not doing right by our clients. Right? Mm -hmm. have to care. Otherwise we're just, we're a machine at that point. Yeah. If you don't care, we're just a machine going through the steps and that's it. So yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a big step, big decisions for every one of our clients. I mean, I honestly truly care about that. That's so cool. All right. So let's, let's talk through, uh, let's pretend, uh, Steven and, and Mike, let me toss this to you guys. Let's pretend a doctor is looking into the de demographics process and, and they're, they've just bought their first demographics report and, and they're starting to get confused because it looks like there's a lot more to the story than, than, and they were led to believe when they paid for this expensive piece of paper. So Stephen, I'll, I'll tee you up with that. Yeah. Um, let's pretend that somebody listening can, could relate to that. Got a report. Uh-oh, more questions and numbers. Hmm, this looks a little more complicated. It's not just a cheap couple of uh, digits on paper. Okay, so talk me through yeah. what's that kind of situation look like. Well, before I jump into that, I'd say uh, after doing being a part of over 650 startups, this part of the process has to get right when you are going into private practice ownership because you can't fix this. Like this sets the trajectory for all other pieces of this, of this process. So when you talked about demographics reports, I want to make that distinction between reports and studies. So 
There are reports, there's numbers on paper. And I can think of one of our clients, I'll refer to him as Dr. A. <laughs> Dr. A approached us a couple of years ago, you remember, and said, I've got this report. And he, he kind of read through it. And, and in the bottom of the report, it said, if you need more information, order another report. So he ordered another report. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and these reports are not cheap. <laughs> right. Several hundred dollars. And then get to the bottom of the next report. Do you have any questions? Order another report. I think he then approached us when he brought us on and said, I've got these five reports <laughs> of paper. I don't have a clue what they even mean to me. I, I just kept on like punching the button and all of a sudden I caught reports, reports, reports. I think I even remember saying, I think I'm more confused now than when I first started. <laughs> it's like analysis. It's like paralysis by analysis. I have data. I have numbers. I don't have a clue if this area or these areas are even right for me. And so that's what happens. <laughs> what I can tell you is we've had so, we've had a lot of doctors that are out there that said, I've had these reports and they have numbers and equations, and they have the mathematical equation, but they're not quite sure if that mathematical equation is right for them. And there's, there's other elements that we need to talk about that are beyond the numbers, that are beyond the math equation. And when you get these reports, many of you probably maybe are sitting today going, oh yeah, I'm one of, I'm one of those. I have one of those reports, or I have 10 of those reports. Okay, if I'm raw, toss them out unless you know exactly what it means for you. Because you, there are other parameters beyond the math. Because what you have in your hand is mathematical equations, you have numbers, but does it, but through these areas, are these areas you actually want to be? Is that an area that you actually, does it align well for your personal life? Does it align well for maybe your, if you, if you let's think about you have children. So if you're on today's podcast, you have children. Where are the schools? Is there a home? Is there a, is there a neighborhood that you desire? Is it a, a city you don't even want to be in? Is it the city you do want to be in? So there's a the personal element that needs to be defined because we have one shot to do this and you can't spend the next two or three decades going to an area that you actually dislike or an area you live that doesn't align for your family or doesn't have the schools that you desire to send your children. So there's that element to it. The other element is, well, who do you love? Who do you love to serve? What are the kinds of procedures that you do? Who is your what we refer to as the your ideal patient? You can go into an area that may have great mathematical equations and great ratios. However, does it have the kinds of patients that you actually serve? So, if I think about one of our clients, I think about a client not too long ago who said, "I'm looking at these two different areas." And these two different areas contain this kind of a patient profile, like more family-centric dentistry. But she said, oh, wow, the ratios are good there, but I really like working with older patients. So what you have to also, this is what's sorely missed with demographics reports, is that it can't just come to, it's, you got to define, is there an area in abundance of the kinds of people you love to serve? If you like 30 year old with parents with the, with two children, awesome. Find that abundance. If you like 65 year olds that are retirees, great, go find that abundance as well. But you have to find the abundance of the kinds of patients. So what, what most people make the mistake is 
they've chased the ratio and they end up in an area that either they don't desire or an area that doesn't have the kinds of people that they actually love to serve on a daily basis. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Mike, does that sound familiar? <laughs> nothing makes me nothing makes me cringe more than when somebody says, "Where is the best ratio?" and I will go there. Yeah, that that hurts. That hurts to hear. Yeah, I like, have this. Needs, this this needs to be more to you than that. Yeah, Mike, do you remember he? This guy has created an incredible success story. Do you remember Dr. Danny, the Alaska doc? Yeah. Okay, so Dr. Danny, I. I love the fact that he asked us to take a peek at some of his demographics in Alaska. It, I'm sure you saw this play out, but the, the reality was that there was something in the discussions that made me think he wasn't really desiring to be there. Like there was the Stevens point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like his, uh, he, he didn't really seem like he loved it there. I think a lot of it was the fact that his wife hated it there. Something about that. Sure. Sure. <laughs> something good, about- good reason to move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but you know, what was fascinating was we looked at some of the numbers and man, the numbers were like through the roof. It was something insane, like 40,000 to one or something like it, it was bananas. No, let me put this in perspective. Remember in, in, in my book, as you're listening to this, you're like, wait, there's lots of numbers being tossed around. Hang in, hang in there. In, in my book, 2000 to one says it's a safe area. Danny had 40,000 to one in this Alaska region, 40,000 to one. Which means that theoretically, it's, what's the math on that? 20 times better. If you were going to live and die by the ratio, it's 20 times better just to live and have a practice up in Alaska. But the reality becomes this, who, um, who cares if it's got a great ratio if your wife is miserable every day because she doesn't want to be there? So Danny ended up moving into the Midwest he said, okay, well, you know, if we're not going to go here, give me, give me some options. We talked through some things that were good for his life. Talked through some things that were good for his wife. Talked through some things that were good for his kids. Talked through some things that were good for his family, his life. We ended up finding a pocket of town uh, in the Midwest that was beautifully customized for him. He wanted to be a very influential, respected person in his community. He wanted to own his commercial real estate. He wanted to do some very specific, cool things for his future and practice ownership. And uh, wouldn't you know that even with moving to a new town where nobody knew his name, where he was a first-time practice owner with no business experience, he opened up this practice and he did $980,000 of production in his first year. He's crushing it. And he is, I would guess that he's like one of the most recognized people in town, even though he left the best demographics in the country. Like put that in your mind. He left. He willingly chose, thankfully because of wisdom like delivered from people like Mike, he willingly left the best demographics in the country and created a million dollar startup in the first year. Well, almost a million, 980,000. Close enough. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll mark it on the scorecard. Check mark. Um, Okay, so let's talk through, Stephen, what say you if a doctor has the desire to say, okay, I get it. I can't go to Alaska, I'm, but I'm actually not even sure where to look. I remember one doctor saying, could we analyze the entire Northwest? <laughs> remember that conversation? <laughs> it was like, uh, can we do five states? <laughs> oh, Arizona, I think it was Arizona, Idaho, Southern California, Oregon, Washington, maybe even Nevada or Idaho. And I think I kind of in the back of my mind said, 
let's just pick west of the Mississippi. And we'll just start there. <laughs> Not being snarky, but here's, there's the, to give everybody a peace of mind, you can, one of the big parameters I, I already talked about, which is defining what you find an area that would align well for, from a personal perspective. What I'm not saying is rubber stamp it and say, we want to live here, so therefore, let's. this is a great idea just because Stephen and Jamie said to open up a practice where we want to be. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there needs to be the personal element that defines that. But sometimes when you get into the position of, I want to be here, 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 or here, and it could be end up being six states or seven states or somewhere anywhere in the Northeast, it, it just ends up being more. And more is... I would say this, more isn't better, more is just more. You can, you're, you're trying to search out the best opportunity and it's okay to eliminate options that don't align for you. But let me say it again. You can eliminate options by not eliminating opportunities. If it's a, a city or a part of the country that you don't desire and you don't want to be there, eliminate it off the list. It's just an option. There are seemingly, even in areas like large metropolitan areas, there are still hundreds and hundreds of great opportunities, but eliminating the options that just don't align for you, even if it's on a personal level or the kinds of patients that you desire, those are just, take a deep breath. You can eliminate them. It's okay. It doesn't align for you. It has to be what aligns best for you. So good. So let's pretend we've got Mike. Just play with me here. Like, what's what's your best advice for somebody who kind of has like a region, air, like a like an area sort of in mind? They've they've got like a zone. Talk us through, and I want to hear too. Like on a personal level, I want to hear like how what are those conversations sounding like with that? What advice would you give somebody if they're like, okay, this general region is probably the right one. Some of the numbers are starting to validate this. The numbers become important eventually. They're just not what we start with, but they become incredibly important later. So maybe we're at that stage, right? Where, so what, what then? What, what comes to mind? What's the top takeaway there? Now, believe it or not, like this is an extremely common conversation. Most clients are not that zeroed in on really where they want to be. And honestly, a lot of clients aren't even zeroed in on their ideal patient criteria either. Like when I say criteria, I'm talking like age, what kind of procedures do you like, what kind of income, even ethnicity, right? Who do you want to serve at the end of the day? Most people are not really zeroed in on that. And that's a lot of the, the conversation that we need to have, right? It's part of their vision. So yeah, something that. that is very like niche, right? Like very specific when it comes to demographics, not just the numbers, not just the overall big picture, something... I internally review, you know, refer to it as pool table demographics, right? Love it. <laughs> yeah, Everyone's, love like, Everyone's like, what is pool table demographics? Okay. Hang with me here, okay? Imagine we're playing pool, right? You've broke the balls and there's six pockets around, right? Imagine the pool table itself is a demographic area, like the larger demographic area that we're looking at. Well, if you want to win you need to get those balls into a specific hole and a hole that's going to set you up properly for the future. Think about pool, right? You hit a ball into one hole, but you have no other shot after that. That could hurt, right? You're not going to have a turn after that. But if you do it properly, it's going to set you up for success for that next shot. 
Love that, that doesn't make sense. I, I hope that makes I, sense. Yeah, I love it. It's a little That's bit cool. of little bit of pool strategy there. <laughs> I love it. Take your take your shot to set you up for the next stop. Yeah, I mean it's it's brilliant because I mean you you can be on the table like you can be playing the game, but you can be struggling with no strategy to <laughs> score and well to your point win. I I, yeah. I think there have been times when I play pool and because I suck, I think I'm playing the game and then I end up off the table because I don't even know which which area which, which pocket to go in i hit the ball the wrong way and it leaps over the little wall and i crack the tile floor next to, <laughs> next, to the, next to the pool table yeah that's cool no i get it i mean like wh- which pocket should we go in and which one's going to serve the sequencing of their strategy best so talk Correct. us through with that, that love that uh talk us through like what does that look like in those co- client conversations the application of that what's that strategy look like yeah so i mean when we, when we get into demographics again obviously we're, we're starting as a we're starting a, a wide frame, right? But we need to zero, zero that in more or less into that pool, right? And sometimes even further, not into that pool, but into that pocket, excuse me. But sometimes even further than that, right? So think about demographics, think about what we're doing. We're analyzing an area, right? And we're analyzing a group of people. Well, say we find your ideal area, right? Based on your ideal patient criteria, who you want to serve, and say demographics, everything is aligning well. Like even the competition ratio, not all about the competition ratio, but again, as Steven said, it's still part of it, right? But then imagine that we're also thinking through, okay, well, I have this, we've analyzed this, but now where do I place a practice? Like, where do I go here, right? I'm here in this great pool table, air quotes here, um, great area here, and what pocket of this do I need to go in? Well, where is an area within the area, you know, the, the, the region that we analyzed, where is the ideal pocket, right? Where can you strategically place your practice to be able to pull from the area that we've analyzed, to be able oh, to pull awesome. from the people that we actually, that you actually want to serve, right? Yeah, where cool. are those people at and where do they go? Almost like that's the demographic research shows off what, what large area, what green felt, what big green table we can be in. And then we need to focus on the pocket, getting down to the minutia of where to go in that region. Actually, I'm sitting in Boston now because of uh, being in Tufts. I was incredibly fortunate years ago to meet a client of ours who is an amazing woman. Uh, She and her husband are just great people. She uh, was willing to follow our guidance. Boston is a tough town. They're tough town in terms of, you know, competition and growth and some in certain pockets of the town, like pockets on this table, you could look at this table and say, Ooh, that pocket over there. I, that pocket's not good for very personal reasons. That's not. So this doctor, she's a wonderful person. She's now just in her second year of practice ownership. She's a million dollar practice. Steven, you, I, you know her and her husband really well. Do you mind kind of giving a little bit of play by play for what, what they did to find the right pocket and what that felt like for them? Yeah. If I can frame it, I would say one of the things you have to look at from a, from a ratio perspective is that ratios don't tell the entire story of competition. There's a lot of misconceptions or you're looking at false positives or even false negatives when it comes to ratios. In this case, it was with Dr. Dr. K. We had identified that larger region and that was going to be the right spot for her. And even though People in around the Boston area would say, oh, startup, oh, there's so much competition there. Yes, there is. There is a lot of competition. 
But the question is, who is, who is the competition? What are they doing? And in a matter of a couple of years, she has, she's now at a point, we saw her the other night and she's saying, I, I need an associate. Two years after opening, she's like, I need an associate. The ratios actually were probably somewhere between 25 and about 30% under the coveted 2000 to one ratio. But what she did was, and what we analyzed was, who were truly the competition there? What were they doing? Are they actively marketing? Are they older dentists? Do they have a big presence within the community? She has a huge presence in the community. So she was able to make a huge impact and be widely fulfilled in private practice ownership and have a very, very successful practice and a very, very successful startup early on because it was looking beyond the ratios and understanding who that competition was, not just saying, oh, that doesn't look good, so therefore don't go there. That's awesome. So I, I love the fact that that shows that this isn't even just the analysis of the people, which is what demographics are about. It, it's not just the analysis of the, the people in the town, to, Mike, to your point, to find the right pocket, that finding that pocket to attract the best people. Like you said, Mike, brilliant. Love it. The pool table demographics is awesome. Um, but in addition to that, like Stephen, like you're saying, if I could try to summarize what you just said, there's a competition type. So there's not just the focus on the pocket for the people, but then there's secondarily the competition type. If the ratio looks bad, that doesn't mean it's a bad area. If the ratio looks like there's too much competition, it, in Dr. K's case, mm-hmm. there, it, it, was not, it was weak competition is what you're saying. Yeah, the, oppor- the opportunity was great. The competition wasn't really was weak. Yeah. Okay. So weak competition. Weak competition. Okay. Which is awesome because that could open up more opportunities. The ratio alone is not going to prevent Dr. K from having a great startup as proven by, well, shoot, she has a bad ratio and she now has a million dollar practice. And actually when we were at dinner with them, we, we uh, husband and wife and Stephen and I were at dinner with a couple other doctors. We uh, just a couple nights ago, since we're here visiting, we were able to spend some time with them. <laughs> the husband actually literally said, this was so much fun. I think we should do it again. And then he got like the look of death from his wife. who, who Basically, it was, she went on to say something like, listen, we're enjoying this so much. Let's like, we're out on a date night, like with no kids. We're here at a dinner meeting for work and it's not stressful. Let's like, let's just enjoy this, soak it in a little bit. So they, that'll be fun. Uh, guys, there's a topic that I, I want to cover called the pajama dentist. A, a lot of our clients, a lot of our course attendees, they love this topic. Could you, how do you guys want to tackle this? Um, I could tackle that. I think the pajama dentist is, is, is a question. It's a concept. And, and it's not because many of you wear scrubs and it lo- they look like pajamas. No, no, no. It's not, <laughs> you're, you're not wearing pajamas uh, to work. But the concept is like this. There, there is a question that comes up. And it's just like the ideal patient, which is, it's not so much who you can work on, it's who you desire. And this is a desirable trait, which is, so... Put yourself in your town. You're a dentist. You have your practice. It's Sunday night, and your significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, other, husband, wife, whatever says, We need X. We need X. And you're already comfy. You're in your PJs, and it's Sunday night, and you're out of X, and you go to the grocery store. Would you desire, or would you feel comfortable, or would you want to run into one of your patients? In your pajamas. In your pajamas. In other words, do you want to be a pajama dentist that's in the community that you can run into patients on a daily basis? Now, big peace of mind. Okay, deep breath again. I'm giving everyone a deep breath opportunity. 
this is not a precursor for success. It is not a definition of success. It is simply a question that demands an answer because when we bring it up, Jamie, whenever we bring this concept up, everyone goes, oh, I never even thought about that before. You know what? I, I would like to have a buffer between my patients. Oh, you know, I don't want to run my patients. That's okay. There's not a formula that says that is better or worse. Yeah, Mike, Mike what, what's our data say behind pajama dentist success versus non-pajama dentist success? What's, what's the hyper-analytical data numbers say about that one? <laughs> uh, you know, being a pajama dentist expert and the, the data <laughs> that comes behind that. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't exist. It does not matter at all. And here's one of the things I love. Like, the three of us can rally around this. And, and doctor, as you're listening to this, as part of the startup crew, this is the stuff I want you to get excited about. This is the stuff I want you to be, feel empowered by. Part of the journey of this is for you to enjoy your practice ownership experience. I want you to know that if you want to be a pajama dentist where you show up at the grocery store because you're getting milk late at night, if you want to be able to bump into patients every day through your daily activities, I want you to enjoy that. And let's build a strategy around that. Regardless of what that demographics ratio says, we cannot let the math or the ratio dictate your life. And likewise, if you're like many of our clients who are like, oh, you know what? Like, I really want to have that professional image and have a little, like Steven said, I want to have a buffer zone. So at night I can clock out and I can just hang loose and not even be seen in public or I can go in public and nobody even know my name. That's how I recharge. You know what? Like, frankly, believe it or not, that, that's me. Like on a personal level, that's me. I like to be able to kick back and, and be a little distant for a little while and then jump back and be fully engaged again. Neither one is right or wrong, but let's choose the one that is right for your life. And we have incredible success stories on both topics. All right. So now I just want to say uh, just one thing, yeah, just kind of piggyback yeah. off that, Jamie. You know, at this point, when, it get, when, when we're getting into demographics, you have an opportunity to, to make those decisions. And it's not just whether or not you want to be a pajama dentist, right? But this goes back again to what you want to do and who you want to serve, you're opening up your own practice now, right? You have an opportunity now to make those decisions, to set yeah. that criteria. Yeah. And there's no better time to set those than when we're doing this, right? When we're getting into the demographic stage itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Frankly, once you make the choice, mm, you can't yeah. undo it. That's <laughs> it. It's one of those, it's one of those, there's no do-over. It's this for the next 20 years. Yep. Done. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome, Mike. Good words, good, powerful. So last topic that I want to cover here then is false positives. False positives in demographics. This is, this is tricky. Sometimes you will see, uh, you know what, let me tell you the story of a doctor who uh, wanted to move into Maryland. Uh, this doctor said, I found the best area. I bought this expensive demographics report and then I bought another one and another one. And I did the research. I've, I figured it out where we should go. And I said, wow, that's cool. How many startups have you opened? And he said, none. I said, okay, cool. Well, teach me. Like, what do you know? And he said, this area here has a ratio of 3,600 to one. This is the area where we're going. We're actually ready to move. My wife and I, we talked about it, that we can do it. We know about the job, pajama dentist. We should go to that town. Let's go. And I said, okay, uh, cool. Except do you mind if I give you our opinion? And he said, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's talk about it. I said, okay. Um, our team knows that you want to go there and, and we've talked about your vision, what you really want for your life the kind of people you want to serve, 
the kind of practice you want to build, the culture of the practice that you hope to create, the ethos of the DNA in your practice. We, we understand all that stuff. So we got some concerns. I said, what? I said, yeah, I think there's a false positive. What do you mean? So, well, you, you told me that you want to have a PPO practice that can eventually become a fee-for-service practice, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, in that area of 3,600 patients to one, where it looks like it's good with the demographics ratio, 90% of the patients there are Medicaid recipients. Uh-oh. Yeah. So you could have a ratio and be surrounded by a bunch of patients that you don't want to see. Oh, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Now, here's the thing. Those... I'm sure they're great people. I'm sure they're amazing neighbors. I'm sure they're good-hearted community members. But if that's not who you enjoy serving most, then my friends, that's a, that is a false positive. And that's why I say, like, if you're corporate dentistry, that's fine. Like, make your decisions by cold-hearted math. If you're corporate dentistry and you just want to sque- squeeze every last drop out of every patient interaction and you don't care about anything but the spreadsheets, then fine. Like, make your decisions that way. Who cares about the false positives? You're just going to crank out dollars from living humans all day long anyway. So just squeeze dollars out of people. That's, that's what corporate dentistry does. But for you, as part of the startup crew, I want something greater for you. I want you to love every day and not be, not be hurt by things like false positives. So this is the power of getting demographics the right way. Is the ratio part of the solution? Absolutely. Please understand. I'm not saying the, the demographics ratio is irrelevant. It is very relevant but it's only relevant as a supporting function of the strategy. We need the strategy. We need, as Mike pointed out, the vision. Let me do a little recap here so you have some ideas of some of the things that I want you to stay focused on. First of all, as we talked about at the top of this discussion, it's not about the ratio. It's not about the ratio. We're going to get there, but we cannot over-prioritize this, especially to your detriment. Next, we talked about Dr. A. Remember Dr. A and having demographics reports versus studies. The demographics reports, <laughs> they're just numbers on expensive PDFs, and they're trained to sell you more and more and more. So you could get lots of data with no answers and like Dr. A, be more confused in the end than when you started. We, we talked about pool table demographics, powerful concept. Remember that mental image that Mike described with the balls on the table and trying to get to the right pocket. That alone, that pool table demographic strategy alone will help you get to the area on the on your pool table where you can attract the best right people for you. And then remember Dr. K, right here in the town of Boston, where we just spoke, right here in Boston, she was able to move into a town with bad, a, a pocket of town with bad competition ratios, bad ratios, but because the competition type was appropriate, she was able to create an incredible startup and push through that growth because the competition type gave her an opportunity going beyond just the demographics reports. Remember the topic of the ideal patient. Process through the pajama dentist and what that means for you on a personal level. And remember the false negatives and remember the false positives. These are a lot of concepts inside of demographics. And this is why, Mike, I mean, give the listeners here a a little perspective. A typical demographics report that people can buy for hundreds and hundreds of dollars, it takes all of about 18 seconds for the dude selling the report at his desk He'll sit there on the other side of the internet and he'll just hit print and then he'll send it off and he just made hundreds of dollars. <laughs> we know that's not how, this, how it works over here. Talk me through like in, in general, on average, what's the, what's the time frame from the first, uh, the first discussion on a vision call about demographics until maybe the demographic solution points us in a 90% direction? 
that's not 18 seconds. Talk us through ballpark. What's the no, real time frame? No, there's no seconds involved. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's weeks. weeks. And what that is, that's diving into the area that we're looking to actually analyze and analyze it as you're pulling the data, right? Love that. And then yep. continue to analyze it after you're pulling the data and then continue <laughs> to analyze it as you're discussing it with the client also, right? Because then you're also getting feedback from them on their local region and things like that, right? So continuing to take all of that information that you see on a map, that you see you, 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 that's relayed from a vision call and that a client is relaying back to you as well on top of things that you already know, you know that we already know about the areas itself and analyzing all of that based on who they want, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so what we're going to do. Not just pump out reports. I, I like that. And, and leave them to, to just figure it out for themselves. So w- what Mike just said is what I want you to remember as a takeaway here. You've just invested a good chunk of time. You've done great. You've taken your first big steps toward private practice ownership. You are now progressing. Doctor, listen, like you're doing it. You are progressing from associate to practice owner. It's happening in real time as we're talking. You are getting closer. I commend, I commend you. Kudos to you for progressing and making this a future reality for you and your family and your career. But please remember the, the 30 minutes or 45 minutes that we've been empowering you with this knowledge. This is not a, a, a click print solution. This is about the rest of your life. Let's prioritize the next few weeks so you can be empowered for the next few decades. Let's get this decision right. I want you to use this as fuel and power and empowerment so that you can make really good decisions and get the right choice for the rest of your career. So listen, Mike and Stephen, thank you guys for being generous with your time. Um, Stephen, thank you. My pleasure. Great to be here. Can't wait to be speaking with everybody soon. And Mike, thanks for taking some time away from all the busyness that I know you got rocking and rolling. Thank you, my friend. Any final words to the startup crew? No, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm really excited to just get, get working with even more great people. Just remember that right, right now. That's, this is your choice. This is your time to outline who you want to be, right? And we will help you get there. Love it. All right. If you have not yet joined the startup crew get on Facebook and do a search for the startup crew because these conversations are turning into live discussions and I want you to be part of it. I also want you to make sure that you are part of this discussion because it will reshape everything about your career. Thank you for joining us, Mike and Steven and Dr. Startup Crew. Here's to you. Until next time, we'll talk soon. Take care. Every associate dentist needs to ask one important question before opening their practice. The question is, where? Where should you open your practice? The topic of location is all important. From real estate selection to negotiation, demographics and strategies for signage and space and the amount of negotiating that you need to do for your practice is a crucial decision. That's why I wrote a book called Choosing the Right Practice Location. It covers all the strategies of demographics, taxation, PPOs, reimbursement rates, strategies that will affect the rest of your career. Right now, we have a 1,000 book giveaway 
We decided to benefit the entire industry by giving away a thousand copies of my bestseller. It still sells every month on Amazon, but right now I'd like to be able to have you get one of the free copies. You can go to this website and find out if there are still free copies to get yours. It's at www.idealpractices.com slash free. That's www.idealpractices.com slash free.